Hi, everyone. Today is Wednesday, February 17th of 2021. And we're here with Rudy for, of course, Rudy's Psychic Meetup. So we're going to talk about woo-woo stuff and leave the crypto <laughs> questions and everything for tomorrow with Moo Ant. It's so hard not to talk about cryptos, but um, anyway, but we do have a fun topic tonight. I kind of want to go over um, mysteries of the moon and one of the things, Sam, that I've noticed is over the years, you know, there's a lot of people on YouTube that will, um, they're, they're experts at analyzing blurry photos, right, and making up all this stuff about them. Uh, but there is a lot of interesting things out there. So I thought we would start with a couple spots on Earth that uh, these have been probably, you know, throughout the conspiracy channels that are out there. But I thought we would use Sam's uh, special powers and take a look and see if there's anything to some of these. So tonight, Sam, I'm going to share, uh, share my screen. All right, so this first one uh, is called Antarctica in AK. And this one came up because Cliff High linked to somebody who does a lot of Mar these Mars anomalies research. Um, and I'm just going to play a few seconds of this, but I want you to notice over here on the left, kind of if you see where my mouse is, you start to see some symmetry in these uh, pictures. And this is just like an AK high resolution flyover. So Sam, I wanted to get your thoughts on what this is. Um, as we kind of move down, you'll see some very odd symmetrical structures here on the left. Almost looks like a some sort of you know bug or creature and i i have a good idea of what i think it is personally here we go start here in the left you see kind of that octagon mm -hmm. yeah now that's just from the wind patterns from over the years so the wind and it goes into um, certain patterns consistently based on the landmass and okay. the angle to the earth and that sort of thing that's what i was being told and isn't it cool that when you look at this symmetrical picture that it looks like you know this this insect you know you can really see uh, the symmetry in it and that is from the wind patterns that over you know the hundreds of years okay that it's run over this spot and that it happens to have just like you have some amazing places on the planet that were carved out by you know water yeah, you know, yeah. the force of water and there's certain uh, uh, physical uh, characteristics to it. And I just wanted to say to qual to disqualify myself, I know absolutely nothing about any of this type of science. That is that answer is totally and completely from the other side. They were telling me what it was and showing me and explaining it. It was like a little picture story in my mind as you were running that over. So um, thanks, because I'm learning new stuff all the time too. <laughs> so I was thinking it was like, maybe this was a computer generated image. I don't know exactly what this was, but there was just so much symmetry that it was like, ah, that can't be real. But yeah, it's not exactly perfect. So that that's interesting, Sam, That's that you got that from the other side. So very cool. Um, all right, this next one is also on Earth. And this, can you see the uh, Google Earth image here? Yes. All right, so this is off of Point Magoo State Park, which is just south uh, or just west of Malibu, California. And if you zoom in here, you see this odd plateau shape that I think is almost a couple miles long here. And if I go into the Google Earth feed, this is what gets a lot of people on the conspiracy sites, is you start to zoom in. And what you'll see is this, this long, flat plateau and then almost like these columns underneath. And, of course, the people on YouTube will say, well, it's some sort of underground or ancient alien base that's covered. And what's really interesting is from these Google Earth images, you kind of get that, uh, you know, the seascape. You can kind of see the, the ge geography of the sea. But this is just kind of an odd blur, almost like it's been purposely blurred out. Sam, what do you think this is? Is this some sort of photographic anomaly or is this actually something that maybe was covered up on purpose? No, it was not covered up on purpose. It was just something, again, that stands out in the... You can see that um, above that to the left, how it has something that, that looks like columns mm -hmm. above there. So all this is a, is a more pronounced, probably because it's more protected. Okay. You know, as this landmass, you know, sort of drip dropped from the top and you've got sand moving, you've got a lot of movement going on, a lot of different shapes happening. And again, um, I'm not getting any information from the other side that this is any type of special 
UFO entrance or underground submarine, you know, entrance. It's it's just like I said, it's an anomaly. Oh, good. Yeah, you know, I think as humans, we tend to find you know, find patterns where there may not be patterns. That's kind of what we yeah. do. And and it's an easy one to, to get people to kind of suck them into something like this. So I'm glad you saw yeah. that. Um, all right. Next, we're going to talk about some mysteries of the moon. And I just have, I don't know if folks know this, you can actually pull up, uh, there's a Google moon, like just like there's a Google Earth, uh, and you can zoom in on these different uh, Google images. But let's just talk about the moon real quick, Sam. So I, I think this might have been a question before on a psychic meetup is if the moon was actually uh, created, placed, man-made, how it was made. And I'm, I think your answer was that it was just there. Um, but I want to go over and describe it and talk a little bit more about this. So the moon itself enables the Earth to maintain this particular angle to the sun. And what's important about that is that over the course of a full year, all services on the Earth get some sort of uh, heating action from the sun. So it enables, so you don't have one spot that's permanently cold and one spot that's permanently hot. Um, so it enables this, this convection. Uh, and that's really important in terms of having liquid water. Um, and water exists in all three states, you know, uh, gas, uh, solid, liquid. Um, it also creates the tides, and there's a lot of animals that are in sync to, you know, seemingly the, the phases of the moon. You'll have these oysters that will open uh, based, you know, the amount they open is based on uh, the, the moon phase. Um, there's also a theory that the moon is responsible for the plate tectonics, which allow, uh, you know, the, the magnet moon and flow throughout the Earth. And if you think about it, the, the Earth has really never had a chance to just to solidify because we have these plates that supposedly float on top of magma. Um, so all of this churn within the this seemingly created from the effects of having a moon, Sam, um, seem to enable life. And it's almost just too perfect or too coincidental. So, Sam, did someone or something place the moon there so that it would have all these effects so that the Earth could sustain life? What do you think about that? Well, it was just one of the things that <clears throat> made that magical combination required for, um, you know, an atmosphere and a situation that was livable. And especially I do believe that the moon does also control the magma on the inside of the earth with its magnetic pull, keeping it liquid so that it doesn't solidify because I think if it did, that would be really bad for the earth planet. Like the planet needs to sort of be able to breathe okay. in the sense that there are different changes that go on in the land, you know, with weather and everything and, precipitation and just general <clears throat> land mass movements with plates on top of one another. So we need to have that um, in order to, for the planet to sort of stay healthy and continue to exist. But as far as there being like any bases <clears throat> on the moon or anything, I do believe that the, um, when we have visitors who are flying around and uh, just taking a break or whatever, and they don't want to be seen, they'll just go, they will go high on the other side of the moon. <laughs> it's true. And once again, Sam has skipped ahead to my topic, which she haven't, hasn't seen. Uh, so that was my next question, Sam, is so the, the moon, one of the strange things about the moon is this side of the moon always faces Earth. Uh, it's something called synchronous rotation. And so we never see the dark side of the moon, which is why you hear about the dark side of the moon and people want to know what's what's over there. Um, so it's interesting that you say that they will go hide over there because, um, yeah, we have no way of knowing, right? Uh, unless we, we send somebody back there and I'm sure NASA isn't yeah. going to tell us. Yeah, well, they're not going to put their ship in our atmosphere. It's a huge ship, right? <laughs> yeah. In fact, I wouldn't even doubt for a minute that they would have their mothership there behind the dark side of the moon and then the smaller ships, the ones that we see would, I mean, when you think about it, right? If um, the, if earth was going to build a starship, it would be, you know, probably the size of uh, a community, yeah. you know, like it would be really pretty huge. Cause it'd be like, well, we're going to have to be able to do a lot on that. So, um, you know, it's got to be pretty big. So, well, that, that is fascinating. So, uh, wow. 
Cool. Um, yeah, sometimes I let, you know you can just stare at the moon. You look at it through a telescope. It's it's really amazing, and most people don't realize that you only see that one side of it. You know, the other thing I think we talked about maybe in another psychic meetup was its effect on people. You know, anyone who knows uh, paramedics or police officers know that they always dread when a full moon occurs on a Friday or Saturday night because it's all the you know they call them the lunatics, right? People get affected by the moon. Sam, do you think this is because? Um, we are, you know, mostly water and there's an actual gravitational effect that we're, you know, feeling from the moon. Yes. Okay. And my, uh, my Star Trek buddies out there, Purple Roads and Lost Shaker will remember the Star Trek episode where the, there's an alien life form that refers to humans as ugly bags of mostly water. Uh, <laughs> so that would explain if we are mostly water, why we get that, that sloshing effect or that, uh, that gravitational pull when the moon is full. Interesting. All right. Uh, the next topic I want to go into is some photographic analysis. And so I remember this um, interview that, uh, from someone did several years ago. This person, uh, what was his name? Alan Strum. Uh, he's actually here in Arizona. And he studied photographs of the moon that were publicly available. And probably over hundreds of hours, he was able to notice shapes and things that were on the moon. And what he did is he took these photos and then he kind of colorized a model of it to highlight things that he was seeing. Uh, and he did say that, you know, look, if you just look at this, you might not see it. But after a few hundred hours, you'll start to notice things in there. Um, and his goal was to publish a coffee table book. And so one of the examples he gives is that uh, I'm going to show here on the screen. If you look at some of these photos from space of some of these like ancient things on Earth and then zoom them out and blur them, this is kind of like what the photographs he's seeing, you know, on the surface of the moon. Same thing here. Here's a here's a picture of a mine on Earth. And if you zoom it out and sharpen it. This is what you get. So I guess the first question, Sam, is do you think that these photographs that the that NASA took on the moon were purposely um, kind of blurred or had their resolution lowered so that all the detail would not be available to the public? Oh, yeah, especially since it's the dark side of the moon they're taking okay. pictures of. Oh, yeah. I mean, even <clears throat> I would imagine that even some stuff was left there. Okay. By, yeah. Well, and that and that's what we'll see in some of these photographs. And I'll go just go through a couple examples here. And you can see basically from the shadows here that there's some sort of object or structure. And what he does is he goes through and kind of adds some color and, and texture to help pull these out. Yeah. One of the interesting ones that, that you see here is called the wagon wheels or the chariots of the moon. Um, it also reminds me of that honeycomb cereal. Did everybody ever eat honeycomb as a kid? And you see these wheels down here. Yeah. And to the right, they actually take something and kind of draws some things over there. And you got to yeah. be staring at this a lot to kind of be able to pull these out. No, it's, it's that space junk, though, that I was just talking about before you showed this picture. Ah. You know, we talked about, you know, how the how the ships would hide out. Yeah. Well, they also left some junk behind on the dark side of the moon. So you were asking what they were covering up. Why would they post this blurred out picture of a mine that is an Earth picture and say it was the moon? Well, they're covering up space junk. Well, that, like, that one, what, is, what is that? We didn't leave that there. Well, this one was just an example of how if you were to blur something out, this is how it would look. And that's yeah. what he uses. But yeah, I mean, this is actually, and I think this is on the lighted side of the moon, not the dark side. And what he was thinking is these are so old and ancient that obviously yeah. they're covered by moon dust and a jet yeah. dye. That, so, and this one almost looks like some sort of generator. And this is what mm -hmm. they have here. So, yeah. Wow. Well, they, you know, well, aliens have been using the moon for a very long time. They were coming here at the beginning of our time for humans, right? You know, they people have written about it, you know, that the there were ships in the sky. They just right. describe them different ways, but when you read it and you're like, oh, they, they obviously are describing an unidentified flying object. And we know for sure that it's not from you know, that like from their time, except for we did discuss in a previous episode of Rudy's Psychic Meetup about Atlantis and how Atlantis did have some flying um, crafts yeah. that would go, you know, short distances. Um, they were an advanced, very advanced society compared to the rest of the world. And um, it was unusual how they kept it to themselves. But anyways, okay. um, you know, it's a, uh, for the most part, from all those many years ago, the flying crafts were unidentified flying objects from alien nations 
coming here to observe us because probably about 80% of them are scientists. Okay. Yeah, that's a really interesting, Sam, because it sounds like he was onto something. And, you know, this goes along these typical conspiracy lines where as you get into this this type of woo-woo stuff, um, at one point, this was back in like 2016, maybe. I remember seeing this almost, you know, eight to 10 years ago. And then this guy's website disappeared. Um, he was going to make a film out of this and it didn't happen. And, you know, reportedly he was, you know, got a phone call that told him to stop doing what he's doing. Um, so, Sam, do you think there are agents or do you think this is a true story where the person who did all this work and created this coffee table book was actually told by uh, some sort of government agency to stop doing and exposing this stuff? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I, my first impression, and I don't, I don't know who this person is. I've never met them before. And they, you know, I love this book that they've created. This is wonderful. Um, and it took, you know, anyone who's staring at these photographs for hundreds of hours they uh, must have a special kind of mind. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for him, you know, part of his special mind also includes uh, paranoia. So I'm absolutely not calling him a liar. I think he's imagined that he got this phone call. And that's what a lot of people like. I feel bad when I'm watching some people on YouTube and they're even being interviewed and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they are so terribly mentally ill. And I almost feel like, they're being abused here. But unfortunately, this person, this YouTuber interviewing them is believing them. So you can't really say that they're being abused because it's like, you know, it's like they really do believe them. But this person is truly mentally ill. And this is the paranoia that they have. And then they share it. And then other people say, well, you know, look at the work he does. He couldn't he couldn't possibly be suffering from paranoia. But you would be surprised how many people have a lot of stuff going on in their head you don't know anything about? I know about it, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> there's an awful lot of people walking around who have a lot of things running around in their heads, and you would have no idea. Yeah, and the, you know, and this gets back to personal discernment as well. And you know, anytime you hear those kinds of things, well, it always is good for marketing, right? It, you know, and so uh, it seems to go along with this type of stuff. But really interesting that you got that information about the moon um, and what he found there. So very cool. Yeah, yeah, no. So it was real, and I mean, a person's impression would be. And if you had asked me, and I was somebody who was just basing it on the information, I would have totally said it was just a marketing ploy. But while you were talking and I'm looking at the pictures and you were telling me the story, the story I was getting from the other side was that he was not, he's not lying. It's not a marketing ploy. He really did believe that somebody called him and it was like, it was in a dream, but because he, his mind operates the way that it does, he thinks it happened in real life and it didn't. Wow. Interesting blab there. Very cool. Um, the next thing I want to talk about with the moon, uh, and this also has gotten some some you know play over the years, is the Apollo astronauts. So the original crew of Apollo 11 that landed on the moon, you have Neil Armstrong in the center here, uh, Buzz Aldrin on the left, and Mike Collins, who nobody ever remembers, the poor guy, because he was the command module pilot, right? But, you know, these are three guys who had just been to the moon. Neil Armstrong was the first guy to walk on the moon, right? You imagine he's going to be pretty excited and, you know, just amazed. And people always reference this interview, and I'm just going to play a few seconds of it, Sam, um, because he's very, like, uh, almost down, like he has the weight of the world on him. And I just want you to kind of see if you can get into his ethos and see what he really may be thinking about or saw while he was on the moon. It's our privilege today to share with you some of the details of that final month of July that was certainly the highlight for the three of us of of that decade. We're going to divert a little bit from the format of past press conferences and talk about the things that interested us most, in particular the the, uh, things that occurred on and about the moon. We will use a number of films and and slides, which most of you have already seen, 
and with the intent of, of pointing out some of the things that we observed on the, the spot, which may not be obvious to, to those of you who are, who are uh, looking at them here from the surf surface of Earth. Slide as you know, started promptly. And I think that was characteristic of, of all the events of the flight. The That's about as far as I was going to go, Sam. But what do you sense? I mean, it's is he just a bad public speaker? Or it seems like there's there's something else on his mind. And just this video fascinates me. Um, yeah, you are you are right. He is measuring his words. That's how I would describe it. Crypto Watchman says he's got Tourette's. Um, you, you know, Neil, and he never really was in public life. And, and after the moon landing, he never really spoke much. He was very private. And so it just seems really odd. So, you know, you didn't get to see what he saw, though, did you? I think that they saw some space junk that didn't belong to them. Okay. And that sort of freaked them out a bit. Can you imagine? You think, like, you're the first ones on the moon and you get there and there's, like, obviously mechanical stuff there that would make my heart jump a little bit if I was, and I'd be looking around to see if they were still there. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Cause there's reports of them saying, um, you know, they saw uh, spacecraft and such on the, on the flight. Um, the last thing I want to look at here is uh, the, what we saw on the moon of uh, Phobos, which is right here. So on C-SPAN, you know, this was years later, but former astronaut Paul Zaldrin, who was in that video on, on the left side, uh, he spoke in the video on C-SPAN about the future of space exploration. And C-SPAN is a government channel here in the United States where you can watch all kinds of boring, uh, boring stuff. Um, but he had mentioned that, you know, if the public would be interested in a monolith on Phobos, which is a moon of Mars, um, it's one of the two small moons. So, Sam, this is a picture of the monolith from overhead and it basically is a they say it's a boulder about 85 meters or 280 feet across and about 90 meters or 300 foot tall um do you think sam this is just a naturally occurring uh, geological feature or is there more to this monolith that we see on the moon of mars i think that it is um an asteroid that did not it just it like basically um, it lost a lot of um, I don't know if they have atmosphere or not, but I don't know if it lost uh, its velocity in the atmosphere. So you see how those big holes around there, yeah. right? A lot of those would be from hits over the years, and it would just you know make these pock marks on that moon. But this one just didn't make the pockmark because it didn't have enough velocity, but it sticks out like that. And that's my information on it. Cool. Like someone threw a dart at a dartboard and it just kind of thunk. <laughs> Very cool. Um, all right. In the last couple of photos I want to go over are from Mars. Um, and these are things that I think, you know, when, when the Mars um, Curiosity mission came out and there's all these high resolution photos you can see. One of the things that got some press years ago was this rock structure from Mars. And if you see down here, kind of in the right, is this little uh, lighter colored thing. And that's the one that was supposedly this, uh, they called it like the alien face sucker. And it was <laughs> some sort of, it almost looks like some sort of creature or spider that spans the, the opening of this cave. Um, and Sam, what, what do you think about this? What do you think this is on Mars? Uh, I think it's like a spider-like creature. Wow. I do think it's a living creature. Okay. But it's just like spider-like. And that's what I mean about, you know, feeling creepy about when you're landing somewhere and you really don't know yeah. what type of sort of creatures. Because, you know, we exist on the planet, but we're not the only living creatures on planet Earth. There are many things. And even though they say, oh, well, there's no life on Mars. And it's like, well, I don't believe that that is completely true. I think that there is these sort of, of insect type things that are almost like rouches who let's just face it, if there was even a nuclear war, that would be the one thing that would live would be the rouches, you know? <laughs> so there are some things that are very, very resilient. And it looks like Mars has 
a creature. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. Like they'll have ones that look like you know uh, rodents, and you know you can say, well, Mickey, it's a rock and a shadow, um, but it there is some really interesting stuff that comes out of these photographs. And, and again, they get a little bit of play in the news and then they go away and, you know, they, they never really get addressed by NASA or they get explained away more often than not. Cause nobody I think wants to, wants to go out on a, on a ledge and say that it's something uh, living. Right. Right. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, Sam, thanks for that blab. Uh, that was very, very fascinating. Um, and let's get into the questions. So we only have 13 tonight, so not too many. Um, but Tanya Starr starts off and says, Hi, Sam and Rudy. I've had several dogs over the years, and we currently have two now. The girl dog is my shadow, and she will not leave my side. If I leave her room, she will leave the room. What happens to our pets when they pass on? I would hate for this dog to end up in the in-between, still following me around. Oh, no. You know what? <clears throat> I've seen pets in the in-between, but it was only because they didn't want to leave the children. Okay. Right. There is an accident where I live and you see some people had died suddenly, instantly. And even though there's no time, right? I mean, time, it's not the same as it is here. Um, but I believe that when our pets die, they do pass over to the other side and they're amongst the light beings who are part of our tribe who greet us. And they're not, they're not the same as us. Like they're not light beings. Like we are sent here to learn lessons, but they are living beings okay. so that when they die, they don't die forever. They are, they do, they do exist on the other side. All of our pets that we love will be there as well. I'm excited about that. I didn't know that for sure until I started talking to animals and I would see them. And then I was like, oh, that's such great news. So many people are going to be happy to know. And then it was so weird. Remember the story about Pony, that dog that I connected with his owner? Oh, right, right. The yeah. Yeah, that was like the first, I think that was the first animal I ever spoke to. I was, was like, it your what? dentist? Or it was your dentist, right? Um, no, no, I was just going to a doctor's appointment, but you go to see a nurse first and they interview you and you answer a whole bunch of questions. And it's just part of the system that they have. Um, but anyways, I didn't know her. She didn't know me. It was the first time I had been at this office and this dog would not stop, but she knew it was real because she was like, what color was pony? And I said, Sandy Brown. And then she showed me a picture and this dog was Sandy Brown. (laughs) I'm just glad the dog follows my wife around and not me. Otherwise, it'd be hard to do the the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, both of my dogs follow me around and it's hard because, you know, they even are standing below my legs a lot and it does get it does get annoying. So I'm trying to train them to, you know, go and lay on their bed so they're not always at my feet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Angret says, hi, Samantha and Rudy. Pythagoras was using frequencies of the planets for healing. Sorry. Pythagoras translated music into math. Do you get from either side a special frequency or scala which can help us uh, to go through this transition? Oh, that's very interesting. Yes, I know that there is. Uh, Music. Yes. Isn't that interesting? I did have a random thought come to me uh, because I've got these... I left my, uh, I had like ear buds and I'm thinking that it may be good now that I have these big earphones. Cause I went out and I got earphones and I said, well, I already have earbuds. I just, I left them at my beach house and I'm not, I'm going there on Thursday, but I haven't been there for like maybe two months. And so I haven't had my earbuds, but I've had these ear, I went and bought these earphones because when I'm walking the dog and stuff, I like to have music on and I was thinking about how um, the vibrations are lifting and I think it's been hard on a lot of us who, you know, um, communicate with the other side, either like I do it knowingly and with a purpose, but there's a lot of people like who are like I was before doing it, but not realizing it. Uh, So do you think there's some sort of like the music can be expressed through a mathematical equation some way? Well, I think what Angret's asking is that, is there music that we can listen to that will help us through 
this lift in vibrations, okay. right? So I was thinking about how I really am choosing my music carefully the last few months. Okay. You know, because I really do need stuff that will keep me upbeat and awake and positive and, you know, because, you know, it's, <clears throat> I think it's, I don't think that a lot of us, I don't think that the, our bodies were uh, built to easily acclimatize to this. So you do have to put some effort into it and regular exercise, listening to the right kind of music. And I think for everybody that might be different. So I don't think that there's one particular type of music for everybody who is going through this, who, you know, it's like, if you listen to this type of music, that's going to help you, right? Okay. It's like, you, there are some people really love Beethoven, for example, like they love classical music. Other people love jazz, right? It's like, okay, well, make sure you're not listening to angry jazz. <laughs> Listen to the light fluffy stuff with the, you know, woman singing, you know, um, songs about nothing and that sort of thing. And for me, I like to listen to, you know, I'm Generation X. So I listen to more of that garage band type of stuff. And, um, but you know what, there's a lot of, you know, upbeat music that's out there. And I just try to stay focused on that and um, feed my mind and my body with only good things. It's so important this time. Yep. Well said. And there's that uh, TikTok video of someone singing Dogecoin to the moon. That's a pretty uplifting song. So check that yeah. out if you haven't seen it. <laughs> uh, Lexi says, do some people have the power to heal others through touch or is it more about focused attention or praying that brings about healing? Mm. Well, I do believe that people do have the ability to heal or they're more, it's more like, and they'll tell you that they're not really the ones doing the healing. It's like they're being used as a vessel. Right. Yeah. And my thought on Lexi, I saw that question was like my example of my wife where she will, she'll move energy around in the body and let the body heal itself. You know, it's kind of a good example. I always ex explain it like if there was a, uh, a backup you know, or a, um, a traffic jam and you're able to kind of clear the roadblocks and move stuff around and get things working like they should. That's, I think that that's probably more common or people that work with, with actually the energy in the body. So interesting. Uh, Nika says, hi, Sam and Rudy. I'm wondering if you see the inventions of Nikola Tesla, like a perpetual energy device becoming available to the people in the near future. Are military already using these devices and or other Tesla inventions? Thank you. I feel like that is a lie. I feel like somebody has taken this story and perpetuated it and added to it and gotten some clicks for it. That's what I feel about this. Nikola Tesla has been long since passed away and anything that was of value that he had was already known about, created, used, not used. So this stuff that they're talking about, I'm getting the information that it's not real. And it's, I never knew that so many different subjects and topics could be sort of, I, I don't know. I, th I think people sort of run out of stuff to talk about. So they just make things up, you know. Well, and, and, and they, we don't have his documents because apparently they were confiscated. So it opens up, you know, quite a bit of speculation. But, you know, that's... You could almost, sorry if you hear my dog barking, yeah. there could almost be a whole nother show on, because this was another topic I was thinking about, where um, you hear these stories about people that invent an engine that can run on water, like a teaspoon of water or, um, you know, something else. And then the, the technology gets bought up or they get secretly killed. Sam, do you think there's any truth to these inventions where people have really developed? No, okay. no that's what I mean. It's just, I think that people run out of stuff to talk about or some people, they have this interest in, um, like it's, I call it a niche interest, you know? And I, it was like, you know how years ago you might've known of a person here or there who might buy those murder mystery magazines they were always like true life stories. Yeah. I had a friend who I was like, I didn't even know these magazines existed, but they were for some people who were interested in murders that had happened, you know, all over the world. And these, this magazine like wrote about them and how they were solved. And some of them, there was quite the story to them and 
all of that kind of stuff. Well, all that's happening here is that you have individuals who decide to start YouTube channels because all they need is a camera and a microphone. I mean, it doesn't even cost them anything to sit there and blab, right? <laughs> yep. And if you don't have to prove it, you can uh, you can make anything up. Uh, Sweet Home Chicago writes, Hi, Sam and Rudy. Long ago, a friend gave me a book called The Romance of Atlantis. It is a story about life in Atlantis right before it sank. I was riveted while reading the story. I actually saw a movie in my mind and knew what was going to happen prior to reading the next page. I'm wondering if you have, if you have any blab about Atlantis. Seems to me that we are going through earth changes that may be similar to that time. Many thanks. Well, <clears throat> Atlantis destroyed itself. So it was not a coincidence that everyone there died. Well, pretty much. I think they almost like, I don't know if they blew themselves up or. Like a technology accident kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. It was a technology accident. That's the best way to describe it. People did escape though. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Some did escape in boats and it was just that it would be like if you were escaping, you know, you couldn't really, you could bring your iPhone with you, but that'd be the last one you ever had. Right. <laughs> you might, and you might then, not be able to charge it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of things, right, that you're not going to be able to do because, you know, you don't know how to make that stuff or what have you. And if it's only a handful of people who escape, that's interesting. I just got that information. I don't know if that fits with what people know about Atlantis. But in regards to the question from, who is it from again? Uh, Sweet Home Chicago. Yes. So that's interesting because reading the book, if you know before you read the next page what was going to happen that's there's some clairvoyance in that like that's psychic abilities right that psychic ability so it doesn't it's not really attached to whatever the story is in the book you could be reading a book about you know a tour in africa and okay. know what was going to happen or what you know what i mean it's yeah. it was it it's you not them <laughs> <laughs> interesting uh all right sweet home chicago also writes uh, hi again recently i was listening to a ten thousand hertz pineal detox music link and had it on while working on the computer i listened for some time and noticed that my ears started getting warm then the ear heat moved down my neck to my shoulders increasing the increasing the temperature i stopped the music right around the 37 minute mark uh, the heat dissipated it was noteworthy but i wasn't alarmed any thoughts has this happened to anybody else Sam, what do you think about the sound being able to have this effect on people well i think it does especially where they measure the um the Hertz. Mm -hmm. So they are doing something special with the music and that definitely, it does affect um, your eardrums and, you know, we are made of a lot of water as well. So the vibrations do affect us that way as well. Um, I don't really believe in this P the uh, penile gland. Pineal I know gland, what yeah. pineal gland. Um, I've heard about it and people talk about ways to detoxify it, open it, but I just don't believe any of that stuff. I was just like, you know, just once in a while in the woo-woo community, it just seems that across the board, everybody believes this. And I just get a big fat, you know, that big, you okay. know, from, uh, what was it? Family Feud and the exes would come up and you'd get that sound. Barf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know what to say about that. I, I just thought I'd share that guy with you guys because I know a lot of people believe that and, probably wanted to know what I thought about it because that was the information that I was getting. But you know what? I don't think it makes a difference, you know, one thing or the other. I just wouldn't be buying any type of stuff from anybody who was claiming that this would clear up my penile, what's pineal. It? pineal, pineal gland. And, and then all of a sudden I could, you know, be a medium. So I, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's it's in the same location as you might think the third, you know, the, your energetic third eye is located, and so people, I think, conflate the two um, because apparently this gland has uh, optic nerves in it, and it's said to be calcified by fluoride. So these are the common things you hear out there, but really, it's sounds like really your your third eye. It's more of an energetic third eye, right? And that right, that it's not part of your human body, but it resides in you. And you're, you know, you're a light being, right? So it's it's attached to that 
encased in your human body. So, but there's, there's nothing, but you need to feed your human body and you need to sleep. And, and that has nothing to do with your, uh, I'm not, I'm not even going to attempt to say the word. (laughs) And interesting. Why 64 says he's seen tens of thousands of pineal glands and he can think of about 10 that were calcified. So, uh, interesting. We'll have to figure out what, why it does for, for work. Um, all right, next one we'll go to Jay Jane says, Hi, Sam and Rudy. The spiritual awakening energy seems to be impacting people with mental illness. Any insights on how they can be addressed? Do you foresee any advances in medicine or any other treatment that can help these people? Any thoughts about this? I think people who um, sometimes are suffering from mental illness do have um, a connection with the ethos a little bit more than... Um, what the average person might for some reason. And it is unfortunate in the sense that when we're going through a time like this where the vibrations are increasing, um, wow, yeah, that would be much more crazy making. Because, I mean, I'm completely mentally healthy and, you know, have a very um, comfortable life. You know, I don't have, you know, like I don't have dangerous people around me. I... um, live in a a safe country. I, you know, I don't have anything to worry about myself. Right. So I think about um, how much worse it must be for people who are in that state of mind and then are also going through this. Like I had a nap before coming on here because I was so like drag my bottom tired. And I have been like for months Right. I, it's just with the vibrations increasing and I'm just like, oh, I don't know how much longer I can white knuckle it. You know what? I'm just going to have a nap. But I mean, I it's not a nap. It's like I'm laying down and I'm sleeping for two extra hours. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know that's the working from home. Sometimes I've been taking advantage of a nap time. It's been kind of nice, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I never did. I work from home like my entire career before, yeah. you know. So with me, it's been more of noticing this increase in the vibrations and my abilities. And before I was never so tired, but now I see I'm tired and um, I can't imagine what it would be like for somebody who is also, who suffers from mental illness and doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. All right. Uh, Mary writes, any thoughts on the magnetic anomaly down in Antarctica? And Mary, I'm not sure exactly what magnetic anomaly. I think there's been stuff published over the last couple of years, but I'm not sure if there's anything specific. Sam, do you get anything on Antarctica magnetic anomalies? I think that what's going on in Antarctica is there's been a pretty significant discovery of minerals and things that we don't have in other parts of the planet. Okay. So it's pretty exciting, actually. I do recall something about like uh, yeah, somebody rec- recording these, like a pulse, like a magnetic pulse wave being you know, coming out from Antarctica, almost like something was turned on or activated. Um, so that's what oh. I think people wonder if there's like technology down there buried in Antarctica or if it's actually just natural. I, I think it's just natural, that yeah. pulsing noise. Oh, Barefoot Doc, she's funny, says traveling to the uh, Nalabor makes you tired, Sam. Is that where you were in the desert, Barefoot Doc, when I told you that you could get some help over there and then <laughs> you, got, you went and got help? Is that what she means? Because I, 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 I would have been asleep at the time. Yes, that's it. That was where, where she was, the Nalabor. And I told her, I said, oh, I would have been asleep at that time. Oh, yes, I probably did in my sleep because she said I told her out loud too it was like it's like i'm here i'm sleeping but i'm there in australia in this place telling her that she can get help in this place and then she did end up getting help from this nice couple who were in this camper when Uh, she didn't have enough gas to get through the desert and the uh the dangerous australian outback never travel without an extra tank of gas right doc yeah yeah, and a friend who can talk to you while she's sleeping on the other side of the planet (laughs) go there (laughs) <laughs> we can't have anything happening to Barefoot Doc. We need her. That's right. Um, Firing Minds writes, Hi, Sam and Rudy. I've been following um, Mar- Marina Jacoby on YouTube. 
uh, discuss our potential to master the quantum fields as taught to her by ETs. Any thoughts about her and its legitimacy? Thanks so much. So a YouTuber named Marina Jacoby. Right. So none of that stuff is true. Okay. Um, Avatar writes, hello, Sam and Rudy. Uh, Rudy will be familiar with this topic. Out there, we have a story about a gold miner, Jacob Waltz, called the Lost Dutchman, who supposedly found a gold mine, which is called the Lost Dutchman's Gold Mine. Uh, Jacob is the only person who knew the exact location of the mine and disappeared on his return to the mine. Do you get anything about this? So, Sam, this is a it's a gold mine in the Superstition Mountains. And this is one of the theories is that... Um, Jacob had worked for some of these mines and he had stashed some of this high grade ore somewhere in the superstition mountains. And it wasn't actually a mine, but that he would periodically actually hike from Phoenix out of the superstition mountains. It took about a day and he would bring back just enough gold that he could use to spend, you know, the money he wants. But other people say based on the actual gold itself, there are some specimens. I think one was made into like a lighter or a matchbook or something um, that it's actually pretty unique. So Sam, do you think there's an actually, is a what uh, quote unquote lost Dutchman's mine located in the Superstition Mountains east of uh, Arizona or east of Phoenix? No, you know what? I didn't get any. I was listening to you carefully while you described and spoke about that, and I was not getting any useful information that I could translate. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a mystery. There's, you know, uh, there's always gold mines have great stories. There's always good stories, but uh, bottom line is nobody knew where this guy got his gold from, but they, uh, they theorized it was just, uh, he stole some and stashed it somewhere. Um, but cool. Oh, well, too bad, Avatar. We're not going to go looking for the, the gold mine. Uh, YS64 writes, Hey, Rudy, Uncle Cliff believes that the tectonic movements are caused by an expanding Earth due to energy from space. Instead of continental drift model, uh, please ask him about the theory. It's supposed to be that the Earth was uh, in history was smaller and still growing. So, Sammy, I mean, one of the, the theories that Cliff proposed, and it's it's been out there, is this expando Earth theory where, you know, neutrinos, particles that come from the sun or through space, you know, end up in the core of the Earth, and it's actually generated mass, and the Earth has been expanding over time. Do you think there's any truth to that? No. Okay. No, I think that's completely made up. Okay. It's interesting. Um, it's and it's a plausible theory, which is, you yeah. know, Cl Cliff's a smart guy, and it's like, well, I got, you know. I oh, yeah. Like, there's a lot of stuff. I would say that, and again, you know, this is somebody that there's a few things that I might depart with him on, but I have a lot of respect for his professionalism, his abilities, you know, oh yeah. I mean, woo, woo and moo. That's, you know, there's actually, we, we post cliff stuff in that room. So that's, you know, that people can totally depart from some things that I like, I mean, the only reason I know about this stuff is because I'm accessing the ethos, but geez, if anybody can get that close, just on the basic stuff, um, I have, you know, hats off to them and they're, they're like, you know, they don't, they weren't born with second sight and they're doing this. I'm like, Oh, I'm so impressed. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so again, I don't want to give people the impression that just because somebody, you know, differs from me on something, I'm talking about people who are, as far as I'm concerned, all out frauds who fleece you of your money and feed you stories that aren't true and waste your time. This is, okay. you know, so, I mean, I'm only a normal person. And if I like you, I'm going to be upset about that. Cause you'd be upset if you knew that I was doing that. You'd be like, Stop it. <laughs> All right. Um, Chris, uh, Christine Lahoda asks, what is Stonehenge? How did they move those rocks? Well, we talked about Stonehenge before. Yeah. Kind of a, uh, a, a calendar, a seasonal calendar, because um, it was, you know, farming was very important. And I forget how, if we talked about how they moved the rocks or what was moved there. You can tell from how the rocks were placed, like even though they're really big and stuff, um, people did use the simple machines okay. for that stuff. And the, but don't get me wrong, there are some formations on the planet that were done by like the alien, but they're they're precision though. They were they look like they've been cut by lasers. Yeah. And I think yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember when that was, but we Christine, we did look at some of those one of the past psychic yeah. meetup though. Maybe a search of yeah. Uh, I forget what we called it. Yeah. Uh, next one, CB writes, Hey, Sam and Rudy, why is Bill Gates buying up so much farmland in the U.S.? Um, well, there's nothing um, cynical about that. He just has a lot of money. And probably one of the things that some of us 
you know, not me necessarily, but I could see it happening. It is on my list of things to buy with um, cryptocurrencies turning it into hard assets. And so, again, this is just, again, a point of fact that anybody who, you know, has large sums of money would know and say, oh, well, you know, farmland, you literally run out of where to put your money. I mean, how much gold, silver, you know, treasury bonds, real? because a lot of these homes that um, people have, you know, they just hold them as investments instead of like, for example, buying an apartment building. They're like, well, you know, if I can buy this place in this certain neighborhood for, you know, 7 million, I can get 22 million for it, you know, 10 years later. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just this is the way that it rolls, right? So that's why they buy it. So again, the same reason that, um, it's, you know, he's a billionaire. He makes, how much does he make every year? Like in profits, he makes a lot, he makes more money than what he knows what to do with. So he's buying farmland and, um, that's a really good investment because America is the breadbasket of the world. So I don't care how terrible things get in the rest of the world. America will always be in a very good position, no matter what. So I'm not saying that things are going to be like fantastic, hundred percent of the time. I mean, it's just that out of all of the countries, I always feel like America will do the best. Okay. Yeah. And you can, you know, you lease farmland. Um, you know, that was a big thing in Iowa, my wife's family, uh, and you can get an income from that just like real estate. So, um, Hibbley Bear writes, hi, Sam and Rudy. I had a download around 18 months ago about, uh, the March, 2020 crash. I saw the prices of ADA in the one cent range and kept unpacking the information like an onion. I was driving at the time and it blew my mind because that was not normal for me. I wrote it down and when it came to pass, I was amazed that that happened to me. Um, is there a way to promote this uh, within, uh, meaning is there a way I can further this development? Well, um, yeah, paying him with us seems to further the development. <laughs> Seriously, that that's pretty much the way it goes down. And when people are like, oh, this has never happened to me before, except her. Well, how long? I usually say to people, how long were you on the channel? One person, he it was after the first day that he joined. He had his first oh, yeah. experience. Like, the, And these are people who've had experiences before, but this is like a step up from what they. So this person was actually seeing stuff and okay. very specific and you know, that kind of thing. But now they know and they understand when that happens, that's a definite, it's going to come to pass. So you can make, you can act on it. Just come over here and blab. We'll believe yeah. you. And he'll, he'll be, I mean, writing it down is huge. I mean, just noticing that stuff. We've talked about that before. It's those little yeah. things. And once you notice the little things, you, you can build on it. Um, and that's all we have for tonight. So Sam, thank for the, that extended blab, the really interesting stuff about the moon. This was a lot of fun. And we will, uh, we'll see folks back here in about two weeks. All right. Thanks again for hanging out. Bye for All now. Right. Bye.